This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. A holiday edition of Madden Monday. It's Labor Day. We're laboring, so you don't have to. Not like we have anything to do with what you do, but we're doing what we do anyway. On the holidays, we get set for the NFL season. Tim Benz and Mark Madden. Listen to Mark on 105.9 The X, Monday through Friday, 3 until 6. You can read them four times a week at Trib Live. Read me Breakfast with Benz and listen to us every Monday on the Fans First Network. Mark, this is the last time you and I will speak on the podcast before the Steelers play the 49ers to start the 2023 regular season. I know you give your official prediction on the Friday before the season starts. Uh, Have you adjusted it at all on the program or in your own mind in advance before you give out your official prediction? Well, I was locked in on nine and eight, and I'm thinking about 10 and seven, but I'll probably wind up at nine and eight when I make my official prediction on the show Friday. Um, They've had a good preseason, but by the same token, I thought they were lucky to go 9-8 and eight last year. I don't feel like they played to the caliber of a team that should have a winning record. So this year, I think they could you know, perform, execute considerably better, but still not necessarily win more games. So you know they're going to be a 9-10 win team, and uh, only in Pittsburgh, after a team hasn't won a playoff game for six years, could you predict 9-8, and eight, borderline playoff, quarterback improves, and be labeled a hater. That's how it's felt to me of late. I've said 10-7 and seven for months now, and using a lot of the same logic, I've been preaching that for a while, that they could be a significantly improved team, even if the win-loss record doesn't necessarily reflect that because of who they played last year. I thought the second half of the schedule was so weak that it allowed them to improve, get some game readiness for some younger players, particularly Pickett and Pickens, who could be important components of this year's team, without repercussions because the opponents were so soft that they still were managing to win, what, 7 of 9 down the stretch. So I'm of a same school of thought. You know, one thing I do wonder is if, again, the schedule is so soft this year, and it's not real good, not as bad as last year, but not good at all, 
do they elevate to like 11 wins because of who they play this year? I mean, maybe, you know, but, but you never know how these teams are going to be until you see them. Like, uh, I don't think Vegas is going to be a pushover in week three, for example. They might have the best wide receiving room in football, and Jimmy Garoppolo knows how to win, which seems to be Pickett's biggest intangible, right? He knows how to win. Well, why can't other guys know how to win, too? Is he the only guy who knows how to win? Because if, if he is, I think he should win more. Is, does Brock Purdy not know how to win? I We assign value, intangible value, to our home team players and never acknowledge it in others. With a Jimmy Garoppolo, we want to be cold-hearted and, and statistically driven. And with Kenny Pickett, we want to just, you know, talk about how much moxie he has. Um, you know, they, they could do better, yeah. I mean, but I hear some people. There's one uh, radio guy in town predicting 13 and 4. Now, he's either totally stupid, you know, and has no idea where this team's at, or he's pandering to try to get people to like what he says, and either way is equally despicable. That's a fair point you bring up, and I thought you framed that pretty well, Mark. Your thoughts about how we tend to assign positive value to Steeler players but aren't willing to assign it to their opponents when it's an intangible quality. I'll give you something else. Um, just as a for instance, we always assume that the Browns are going to be behind the Steelers in the standings because the Browns are the Browns. Well, at the same time, we still refuse to acknowledge that the Steelers are, just for the sake of argument while looking at the schedule, historically terrible anytime they go to the West Coast under Tomlin. We won't acknowledge that they are often very bad in the first month of the season, even if they're good in home or away openers. We grovel at the altar of the good trends and say the bad trends don't mean anything. Yes, exactly. There's no statistical merit. It's a statistical fluke if it's against the Steelers. It's Bible if it's for the Steelers. And that that does get tiresome. I'll, I'll give you another example, Tim. Stuff we ignore, okay? We act like Pickett is gonna, you know, make this jump. And he might. But then again, the teams we play the first three weeks might all have a quarterbacking edge. Might with Purdy, who was in the conference championship game last year. I mean, hurt, but yeah, he got him there. Uh, Deshaun Watson might start being Deshaun Watson again. And Jimmy Garoppolo, he knows how to win, just like Kenny Pickett. And the opener, for example. Is there anyone of sane mind who doesn't think that Kyle Shanahan has a clear-cut coaching edge, especially in terms of game day coaching, over Mike Tomlin? Well, of course he does. They're worlds apart, but we ain't going to talk about that either. If there is a team or two in the AFC that you see backsliding to the point that the Steelers can take over their spot in the playoffs with a 9-10 to win team, who is it? I don't think the Jets are going to be no good. You know, And they weren't no good last year, but they got Rodgers. But I bet they still don't make the playoffs. If Tua gets hurt, Miami won't make the playoffs, but if he doesn't get hurt, they might challenge Buffalo for the top of that division. I think Denver's going to be crap. Uh, I guess maybe like the LA Chargers, but I still like Justin Herbert. I really like their personnel. I just think that maybe even with that personnel and even with Herbert, Tim, they've underachieved for so long. Maybe they're just going to underachieve period with this group. But, uh, but of the, of the, you know, big time teams like, I'm not sure the Bills are going to be great, but I am sure they'll have a better record than the Steelers. Kansas City, if Chris Jones don't come back, you know, until X amount of games into the season, I mean, 
there are a lot of variables into play, but the one team I don't see backsliding is the Bengals. Now that Burrow is apparently going to be ready for the opener, they could easily run away with the division and might run away with the uh, conference's best record. The reason I phrased what I did, why I did was because you do hear a lot of that. We, we referenced it earlier, sort of speaking out of both sides of our mouths, that projection for the AFC too. Like you'll hear a lot of people say words to the effect of, oh, well, the AFC North is so tough. It's going to be awfully hard for the Steelers. The only thing that's holding them back from being a true playoff team for sure is that the AFC North is so tough. But at the same time, they want to say for sure they're a lock to get in. Okay, well, well Tim, I heard I heard Kimberly Martin on ESPN, whose nickname is Kmart, which is apropos because that's where she should be working. She said that if that all four teams in the AFC North could make the playoffs, and one of the other guys on Get Up uh, said, "You're ignoring mathematics," <laughs> and, and and like she laughed, everybody laughed, and the guy said, "No, you're ignoring mathematics." Yeah, the mathematical you know, improbability of all four teams from a division getting into a seven-team playoff is pretty massive. Right. They'd like have to each go three and three in the division and pretty much go you know undefeated otherwise. And now I'm exaggerating, but... No, it's pretty close, though. It's it. pretty close. Yeah. Oh, no. And, and, and if you watch the ESPN shows... They are predicting 12 teams in the AFC to make the playoff. Mark, it's just like Dick Vitale before uh, March Madness brackets come out. Dick right. Vitale is a 75-team NCAA tournament every right, year. Right, right. And, and, like, <laughs> and like those 12 teams all could make it, and you don't realize how farcical it is because they're not predicting all 12 to make it at once. Well, yeah, and I, I, you and I have talked about this when we've looked at the AFC before. There are only really four to five teams that you flat out say aren't going to make it. You say that the three teams not named Jacksonville in the South aren't going to make it. There's for sure at least one team in the West, be it the Raiders or Broncos, that won't make it. And the Patriots probably aren't making it. But aside from that, everybody's fair game, so you just go out on the air and predict they're all going to make it, and eventually you'll get your positive prediction out there and people will remember you in February, and they won't. And you have the tape to play in February, too. Yeah. Uh, but, but it all goes back, and I don't want to go off on this tangent, but briefly, Tim. But it goes back to the new way of reporting sports. You tell the marks what they want to hear. And get traction, get likes, get retweets. That Well, like, I'll give you this. Like the other day on Pat McAfee's show, Bill Cowher was on. And he talked about how the Steelers are all for one, one for all. There's no ego. You know, they battle. They pull on the same rope. All the Cowerisms, right? Mm-hmm. And Pat's going like, hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, what Pat needed to say was, after like that initial burst, Cowher said, and Mike Tomlin does it the same way. And Pat needed to say, actually, Coach, no, he absolutely has not. <laughs> and by way of evidence, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, and they're all gone now. Martavis Bryant, yeah, Melvin Ingram. From those guys, right, Zach Banner, uh, who was the dope who, who like, like went into the other team's title, the special teams guy? Mike Mitchell? Is that what you're thinking of? No, no. no uh, oh, uh, you're talking about Marcus Allen. Yeah, Marcus Allen, right. I mean, you know, so Tomlin hasn't done it the same way. But, but that question just isn't going to be followed up when Pat can go, hell yeah, hell yeah. And I'm not knocking Pat. It's a different kind of show. But unfortunately, most shows now are that different kind of show. 
Mark Madden with us. This is a Madden Monday here at Trib Live. Listen to Mark Monday through Friday on 105.9 The X. Read us, Breakfast of the Benz. And we're going to have Madden Benz unfiltered, as usual, on the Labor Day holiday. Tim, Tim one other thing, too, in that vein. I, I heard a soundbite where Skip Bayless was ripping Mike McCarthy and talked about his record since he won the Super Bowl with Green Bay, his playoff record 6-8, and eight, right? Ripping McCarthy. Then almost in the same breath starts praising Tomlin, who is like, I think, 3-8 and eight since he lost to McCarthy in the Super Bowl. You know, it just... It, it, facts don't matter anymore. It's what you want the narrative to be. Yeah, and it's not just reflected in sports. In fact, I think sports is more a reflection of how everything else is covered, don't you? Yep. <laughs> maybe we better stop there. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Mark. So I know you're not a big college football guy. Would you prefer to see the NFL start on Labor Day weekend? Like have the college be the yes, warm? Yes, absolutely. Because I thought college football embarrassed itself this past weekend with all the lopsided scores. You know, and, and the reason... That and by the, the way, we, teams, we should point out that we're taping this in advance of LSU and Florida State if that becomes the game of the year. But go ahead. Well, I mean, that Colorado-Texas Christian game was pretty good, too. Yeah. You know, how about Prime ran off all but 10 of his scholarship players from last year? All but 10. Yeah, where do you fall in the Prime debate after uh, after Saturday? I think he's a narcissistic idiot who has made that program all about himself and his kids. He is a Little League father with real good kids. But it worked for one week. Yeah, and it might work to some degree for a while, but I just can't stand the guy. I thought he made an ass of himself ever since he, he took that job. And how about, did you see Tim instead of captains? Instead of the C, he has L and D for leaders and dogs. He has two leaders and two dogs. He's taken the captaincy and made it into a cartoon. Speaking of cartoons, it was a real cartoon when the ACC, I think it was on, was it Thursday or Friday, whenever they moved their headquarters, they had sort of a ribbon cutting for their new headquarters in Charlotte. And all the mascots are there. And it was the same day that they brought in SMU, Cal, and Stanford. And I was just rolling my eyes thinking, like, are you really trying to talk me into this is supposed to be some sort of continual alliance of schools of like mind and body. Like, this is just well, ridiculous. That's the other thing that ruined college football, Tim. I mean, those teams shouldn't be in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Not when rivalries are being ripped asunder, but the thing is the super-duper powers in college football. They still have their rivalries. I mean, Ohio State and Michigan want to tell us that rivalries aren't important for Pitt and Penn State fans. Where, you know, Michigan and Michigan State and Penn State play for the gigantic marital aid or whatever that trophy is. <laughs> you, you know, as long as they have their rivalries, rivalries aren't important. It's just the hypocrisy to college football is beyond the hypocrisy of any sporting entity in sports history. And it's also the only big time sport where you don't know what you have to do to win the championship before the season starts. There are no guarantees even if you win every game, teams have won every game and not made the playoffs. Uh, who was it? Central Florida did it twice in a row, didn't make the playoffs. There is no element of fair in that regard. They like to preach about fairness. It's just an element of money. I mean, whenever you have have uh, human input with this committee, it's going to serve agendas. It's, it, there's going to be complicity. Mark, at the time that we're talking, the Pirates aren't done with their last game against the Cardinals. Their illusion is the time that we started our interview anyway, but... um. 
you know, they run through Missouri. Everybody's got good vibes here to wrap up the season. I, I think the only thing you look at and say is, well, they might not be last place. That's all. Yeah, I worked out a magic number for how many, you know, combined Pirates wins and Cardinals losses it would take to clinch fourth place. Oh, I do love the Jackie Moon fourth place, fourth place thing. But Tim, i got to be honest, over the weekend, I just didn't pay attention at all. I mean, how are they doing? <laughs> I mean, I, They it, won two or three it, against the Cardinals to start anyway. Yeah, I, I don't care at all. What you do care about is Leonard Skinner, and as soon as we're done recording, you're on the road to see them. Of some of these, and, and ZZ Top, as Chris Jericho says. So, hey, yeah, speaking I, of wrestling, what happened at PPG Paints Arena? Who are those guys that came running out in Penguins jerseys? I don't know. I don't know what happened. What happened? Oh, two guys at WWE, the event that was at PPG Paints Arena. One put on a Mario Lemieux jersey, another guy put on a Sid jersey, and they came out of the penalty box and then went like attacked other guys with hockey sticks. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I'm kind of divorced from that, like I am the Pirates, Tim. I, you know, I had Corey Graves on the show, you know, the announcer, the Pittsburgh guy. So, yeah. you know, I don't know who they beat up. Do you know? I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I'm just, if I type in wrestlers who wore Penguins jerseys, and I'm hoping it comes up. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh, they find a jersey big enough to fit fat Kevin Owens? <laughs> Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, I mean, he's good. He just, like, I mean, he's he's a big man, Tim. I guess is a good way to put it. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm I just you know I was at Conneaut Lake. I saw a band called the Earthquakers. Yeah, who are they? They're Quakers who do rock covers. At least I thought they were Quakers. They dressed like Quakers with the hats and suspenders. But I was told afterwards they weren't Quakers. That it's just a gimmick. So I was crushed. But they were still pretty funny. <laughs> well, if they're Quakers, it could only be acoustic guitars, right? They couldn't have. No, electric... no, no. I posted a video of them on my Twitter of them doing ACDC shoot to kill. <laughs> what were I they mean, shooting? You got the guy if the Quaker hands has been going shoot to kill, and I'm playing the thrill, and I can't get it. I can't get it. You know, it was it was cathartic to say the least. Saw Bill Hillgrove equally cathartic. Uh, went on a boat tour, uh, got flashed by some really good-looking woman on another boat when our boat was going by. That was that was cathartic. No, hold on, cathartic hold on for a second. Were they flashing you or were they flashing Hillgrove? Could you tell? No, Hillgrove wasn't on the boat. It was just like a, a like a, a cruise. Like ah, they have okay. a big paddle boat that goes around the lake. So I was looking for what houses I can't afford. <laughs> Did you find any? Well, you know what, Tim? There's hardly any right on the lake for sale. I, I found I found one. It's 989000 And I could swing that on a mortgage, but I don't need four bedrooms and three bathrooms. Right, exactly. And they're smaller houses, so hopefully by the time I get serious about that in the coming year, something like that will open up. Or there's there's some condos at the one uh, corner of the Lake Ice House Bay that have balconies overlooking the lake, which would be fine too. But, it, you know, it was, a, it was a pleasant time up there for uh, – for Labor Day weekend. Came home early to see Leonard Skinner and, and ZZ Top. And then Aerosmith Wednesday, Clapton Friday. Although Aerosmith, I saw the set list from the first show. It, it's it's too much of a nod to the MTV era for a farewell tour. They're not doing Draw the Line, which is my favorite Aerosmith song ever. I mean, it'll be real good. Don't get me wrong. I, I always say that, that bands aren't jukeboxes. You don't get to pick what they play. But Rod Stewart, you know, he left off a bunch of his hits, too. And I don't know, if, if, if I'm a heritage artist, I examine what has kept me out there on the road this long. And I give the people what they want. But whatever, I'll enjoy it. Hey, real quick, um, what did you think of the Penguins broadcasting change? 
Well, I mean, do we know anything yet besides I'm told Getzoff for sure is TV play by play. I was a little surprised to hear that that might happen because I thought what they might do at FSG is akin to what they did with the Red Sox, which was like get national guys to call the local games, you know, like Orsillo, O'Brien, McDonough, those guys all have national backgrounds, but at least two No, of them... I think they've been smartened up that Pittsburgh doesn't want that. So even Doc, or would Doc count because he's... Doc's too old. Doc ain't going to do it. Because he wouldn't want to go on the road, right? Doc's not going to do it. Okay. okay? Like, Langer's not going to come back to do it either, Mikey. So, I mean, here's me guessing. Getzoff for sure is getting play-by-play on TV. I would like to see Borky or Colby Armstrong get the TV. But I think if you don't give it to Borky, that's insulting. And I don't think Army would take radio. You know what I mean? Yeah. With all that Army's got going on otherwise. Well, they might as well make it a three-man booth because Army's going to have so many other um, contingencies and conflicts anyway with the well, Nationals. If you're going to do that, make it a three-man booth, put Army between the benches. Yeah, good enough. Sure, that'd be fine. But yeah, but I, I and like, I suspect that Mears might do radio. I don't think that's been ruled out either, from what I've been able if, to gather. If he's willing to do it, which would be a pay cut, but you know it, it beats Barber College, and uh, you know I think he got a bit hard done by too because you know the prior uh, owners brought him in to be the real straight ahead, like um, you know meat and potatoes hockey guy. And I was told Fenway doesn't feel he has enough color. Well, so Fenway doesn't like him for the exact same reason he got hired for. I think especially here in Pittsburgh, whether Fenway thinks that or not, the Pittsburgh populace, I think, has largely been unfair to a lot of play-by-play guys that have tried to follow up for, or broadcast guys, for Myron, Prince, and for Lang. Because Well, right, but, but once you get on the mic, there's nothing that says you can't do what you want. Unless people hear you and say, oh, you're just trying to copy those guys, and then they hate oh, you. I for- mean, who cares? I mean, Getzoff, you know, started in a little bit of Langism where he, I mean, he invented stuff like that's a PPG for PGH, you know, stuff like that, which I think is good. And, you know, he took he took some initiative in doing that, and now he's getting rewarded for it. I, I really respect that. Uh, lastly, Mark, when you do get your home at the lake, will you employ the Sidney Crosby school of thought and build a dock halfway across the lake so no one can approach your home? Yeah. When he told me about that way back when I caught him, I'm like, yo, MacArthur, they're not going to invade. <laughs> uh, then again, they just might. Uh, yeah, because he like put up like a water trampoline because you can only get within so many feet of a water trampoline. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think those exist. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to be doing professionally a year from now. You know, uh, so I don't know. I mean, I'd like to get a place up there. But I won't get a place up there until I know I can be there at least 180 days a year. Mark Madden, Master of Maritime Law. You can watch Mark and me together on Madden Ben. you know, Tim, at the bottom of Conneaut Lake, there are several cars and some steamships. Like, it's cars from when people would drive out on the ice and it couldn't bear the weight. Oh, okay. Because the ice gets really thick there. I mean, usually you can do that, right? So people would go out ice fishing and then the it would give way underneath the car or something like that? I, I guess so, yeah. And, uh, oh, and like, back in the day, this is way back when, you know, if, if a steamboat grew too old, a steamship, whatever kind of boats they used back then on the lake, 
They would take it out the middle of the lake and scuttle it. They would just set it on fire and stick it to the bottom. So there's a whole bunch of little Titanics all throughout the lake is what you're saying. I don't saying. want a whole bunch, but, you know, there's a few. You could do what they did with that little boat that exploded that went looking for the Titanic. Just on a smaller scale. That's what you could do for business after you retire. Yeah, I'm just going to sit there. <laughs> I think that's what like, the company did. <laughs> like, one thing I know for sure, whatever I have, I'll have some kind of a dock or a balcony that overlooks the lake. Yeah. And I'm just going to sit there. That's my plan. Uh, listen to Mark Monday through Friday in the X and watch us Madden Ben's unfiltered 930 AM on Mondays, even on Labor Day here on Trib Live. Go to the Facebook stream on Monday.